Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Now, I'm normally not one to go around telling stories about others, but I'm going to. Because when we sit down at a meal, many times the first thing that Sharon does is reaches for the salt shaker and salts her food without even tasting it. And if she's sitting there thinking, well, I don't do that, she did it Friday night at Montana Mike's. She didn't even taste her broccoli, she just grabbed the salt and put it on the broccoli. She says she does it to make the food taste better and the salt livens up the food, and that's fine. That's fine. Me, I seldom use salt. I'll put salt on a baked potato only if I don't have sour cream. And I'll put salt on corn in the cob. And that's about it. Everything else, if it's salt when it's cooking, that's good enough for me. Salt's not as important. To me, light is more important. Because when I get up in the morning, I need, to, I need light to be able to see. Because I get up at 30, 5 a.m. And when I get dressed, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll put my clothes out to wear. I do that the night before. On a Sunday, I'll put it out in a separate bedroom. That way I can go down there and get dressed. I don't have to worry about disturbing Sharon or the dogs by turning on a light. I guess you might say I am to light what Sharon is to salt. Now Jesus is talking in this passage about salt and light. And did you ever think that maybe Jesus might be making a little bit of a mistake with the words in Matthew 5 verses 13 to 16? Listen to them again. Jesus says, you, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it in a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now Jesus is saying this, and he, I'm sure he understood the weaknesses of his disciples and all the downsides that they had going for them. But maybe he was just caught up in the sermon that he was giving, because this is during the Sermon on the Mount, and he had just gotten finished, as we heard last week, giving his idealistic Beatitudes. Beatitudes and preaching that went from what if to what is, 
without any transitions. And it's easy for us to allow Jesus to teach us the Beatitudes. And we hear sermons like that all the time. And we just get used, oftentimes, to the words of the kingdom drifting by us like the clouds float by. They may have little or no effect on us. But Jesus, like a bunch of dark, angry clouds, decided that these clouds were going to have a great effect on the land below. And the words that Jesus gave, we often give credit, just as the rains come down. Jesus was confident. So in the beginning of chapter 5, we have the multitudes. They're gathered on the hillside, and they're amazed at the miracles that Jesus has done. And they've come to listen to Jesus teach them. And it was here that Jesus first said, Blessed are those. Now that might be thought to be the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Because these principles are put out before all people. But in verse 11, Jesus is speaking about his persecution. And he begins to apply these teachings to their own lives. Because then he says, blessed are you. And Jesus goes from the crowd to the disciples in general. And right to the heart. You and me are his disciples. Jesus sets out the principles of the kingdom that were written down through all creation. And now he begins to come out and approach the mindsets and break through the problems of our lives so that the principles that he gives us can be lived out. One of the greatest problems that has been weighing down on the kingdom and on the Christian church is one of trying to realize who are we really? And this is because oftentimes we take our responsibilities not seriously. And that's the heart of these words in verses 13 to 16. The crowd is looking at Jesus. And now Jesus is looking at his disciples. He's always looking at them. But now he's looking at them as if he's the top manager in an operation. And he's trusting all these key people to faithfully carry out his work. And so Jesus uses two symbols to describe the influence that Christians are to have in a non-Christian society. The first is salt, and the second is light. Now salt has two purposes. It's used for flavoring, and it's used for preserving. Now there are foods like oatmeal and gravy in particular that really don't taste very good unless there's salt added, usually during cooking. In the Middle Ages, when people raised their, most of their own food, oftentimes they still had to travel to their markets to get the salt that they needed. It was an absolutely essential ingredient. And so, in the same way, a life without Christ and Christianity is one that is terribly flavorless. Christ has built up life for the believer and he turns so that we can understand and give that to others now the thing about salt or any seasoning for that matter is if the seasoning has no flavor it has no value and that's the way it is as a follower of christ as christians if we make no efforts 
to affect the world around us, well, then we are of no value to God. Just like salt or a seasoning, it has lost its flavor. If we are too much like the world, we're worthless. We can't blend in and do like everyone else does. We should instead affect others in a positive way. Just the seasoning brings out the best in flavor. But salt also preserves. Before we had ice boxes and refrigerators, salt was one of the main ingredients for preserving food. Back in Jesus' day, when fish were shipped on the back of donkeys hundreds of miles from Capernaum to Jerusalem, the fish had to be heavily salted. In the same way, the follower of Christ is to act as a preservative in the world. We can't help but wonder, what would happen to modern society with all of its moral rottenness if it were not for us as Christians being there to try to preach Christ in whatever way we do. And so as disciples of Christ, we must be like salt, which purifies, preserves, and enhances the flavor of food. We will influence the society around us and make the earth a better place and a more wholesome place. But salt that has ceased to be salty has lost these qualities and is only good to be put in the garbage. Now, ordinary table salt, sodium chloride, does not lose its saltiness. But the salt in first century Palestine could. It could lose its saltiness if it was exposed to the rain. And in the same way, a disciple of Christ who refuses to live a life of his or her true calling will lose his or her saltiness. If a seasoning has no flavor, it has no value. If Christians make no effort in the world around them, they are of little value to God. If we are too much like the world, well then we're worthless. We will have no influence. We will become unserviceable and worse than useless. We can't just blend in with others. We need to affect others in a positive way, just as seasoning and salt brings out the best flavor in food. Now let me tell you why you're here. And I don't mean just here in this church, but here on earth. You are here to be in service to Jesus. You are, to he you are here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth so that others may hear Jesus' message. And if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Quite frankly, if this happens, you've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Now Jesus' disciples are also called to be like light. And the disciples who heard Jesus' words had been familiar with this image. For both Israel, the nation, and Jerusalem, the capital, was considered to be a light for the Gentiles. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And the light that comes from the disciple of Jesus is not our own light, 
but the light that shines through us on account of the true light, Jesus Christ. We need to be connected with him in the same way that the light bulb needs to be connected to a power source so it can give forth light. It is the nature of light to shine, to illuminate, to illuminate, to give guidance in the darkness. And the disciple needs to be a visible, secret disciple in a way that is service and service to God. Because secret discipleship needs to be brought forth as light. A believer must bring glory and honor to God. We must stay engaged with God and not become part of society. Jesus said, you, you are the light of the world. And just as the moon reflects the light of the sun, so too a Christian reflects the light of the Son of Righteousness. Christians are like a city on a hill. A city on the hill in Palestine is a common sight. Most cities were built on hills for many reasons, mostly for defense. But think about something. Did you know that this church is built on a hill? This church sits on the highest point of Edwards County. And with our steeple, you can see our church for miles around. Especially when the trees don't have leaves on them. But whether we like it or not, we are on display for the world around us. And I don't just mean us at West Salem Radian, I mean us as Christians. We can't escape the influence of Christ any more than we can run away from our own shadow. Our light is to shine. Our light is to be our good works. And when we live our lives as an example, as a reflection of Christ, we live our lives and shine in glory to God. To praise the Lord is one of life's most important things. It's more important than praising God with our lips. In the words of St. Francis of Assisi, Preach the gospel always. When necessary, use words. Think about that. Sojourner's class. Jesus says we are to shine before others so that others will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Our shining is not meant to draw attention to ourselves. The world is bad, and the world needs salt. The world is dark, and the world needs light. And the world needs Jesus. If you look at a salt shaker, you'll notice it does not do what it's supposed to do, unless you pour it out. If you look at a light, it does nothing unless it is lit. And when Jesus said that his followers are like salt and light, he was saying that Christians are essential for the survival of the world. And it's no wonder Jesus said no one would ever light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. There's a good reason they you wouldn't do that. For one thing, remember, they didn't have electricity back in Jesus' day. And if you put an oil lamp under a bowl, 
it would go out. That's the point. Put your lamp under a bowl and it will go out. Hide your relationship with God. It will be extinguished. But take your light out in the open and it will burn brighter. And in the same way, if you let salt out of its shaker, you can flavor all your food. What we need to do is get out there, out into the world, if we are going to reach the world. Salt enhances flavor. Light reveals the truth. When we turn on the light in a dark room, you don't think about the light. You look at what the light reveals. The light illuminates the room. You see the furniture. You see the decorations that were hidden by the darkness. If it's dirty, you see the dirt. If it's beautiful, you enjoy the beauty. The light reveals the truth. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then you give light wherever you go. Just by being who you are, you help people see the truth about God and the truth about their own lives. And it's amazing that the effect a Christian can have when they love other people just as Jesus loves them. And so I encourage you, be a beacon of truth. Don't shut your light off to the rest of the world. You're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret that is to be kept. We're going public with this, and it's public as a city on a hill. And Jesus is not some kind of a secret. No, we are to be light bearers, not hidden under a bucket, but placed on a stand for all to see. In the same way, in preaching the gospel to others to win a community for Christ, one pastor cannot do nearly as much as an entire congregation of the church can do. And so we need to get shaken up. We need to get out of the shaker. We need to stop giving lip service about getting people into church and start putting a little effort into it. We need to get out there, get out of the salt shaker, and power up the light. As Christians, we must always remember that we alone are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. We represent Christ to the whole world and we are the hope of the world. May God help us every day to be different from the world, that the world may benefit by our difference and come to glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Make us your salt and your light, O God. Use us to give flavor to your word and illuminate your truth to the world around us. Amen. Our closing hymn in the Red Hymnal is number 89. And please stand if you are able.